I know exactly who I am. Okay. <laughs> um. Hey, you big boop. Yes, you're a good dog. All right, Em. Go lay down somewhere, please. Thank you, bud. That's a good puppy. All right. So, uh, I guess, uh, welcome to Creature Crunch. <laughs> you okay? I had to do a burp. Okay. <laughs> you started talking, and I could feel a building, and just like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> um, well, this is the podcast where we take a creature, build it into a stat block, and hunt it for sport. My name is Matt. And I'm Ron Perlman, and I don't want to be here either. <laughs> so, yeah, we did, uh... We did Monster Hunter. Yeah, we did. Um, Thanks. Okay, so I remember seeing the trailers for this movie and thinking, like, no, this is going to be hot garbage. This uh-huh. is going to be terrible. And then after it released, I'd heard that it was like, you know, it's not as bad as people thought. And so my expectations of the movie kind of elevated from that. Um, and then recently, we, you know, we talked mm-hmm. to our friend, uh, to Mike, and he was saying, oh, it's all right. You know, he didn't have anything great to say about mm-hmm. it, but he's like, it's, it's perfectly serviceable. So, my expectations were set to a certain point. Right. They were still too high. Uh-huh. They were still too high. I will say it is not as bad as I originally thought it was going to be back when I first saw the trailers. It was right about where I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, because, well, I mean, when you see the trailers, you think, oh, it's, they're just taking the Monster Hunter monsters and making the military fight them in yeah. the real world. And that's it. Um, but no, of course we got the alternate universe. It's Isekai bullshit. Yeah. And I mean, whatever there, something could be said about that. It didn't bother me personally. Um, but what I thought what was going to happen was it was going to be these military guys transported to this other world Mm -hmm. and they find out that, whoa, this is something else entirely. And they were going to find all of these, you know, the hunters that live in this other world who have adapted to this Mm -hmm. and they were going to have to learn how to hunt monsters and Mm -hmm. stuff. That's what I was expecting. That's what I thought it was going to be. That's not what I got. Um, No, uh, this, this movie, like... It, it was, of course, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, yeah. uh, who is a self-proclaimed gamer. Yeah, um, sure. He, he does the Resident Evil movies. He casts his wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've only seen two of the Resident Evil movies that he mm-hmm. did. The first one I remember is okay. It, it's not a Resident Evil movie, but yeah. it's a fine, like, zombie movie. Yeah, so... Um, and the, the second one has a great nemesis, and then terrible everything else. Yeah. Um... But the thing is, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody, yo, you can't, you know, I'm not going to gatekeep even uh-huh. to a fucking Hollywood director. I don't give a shit. You can call yourself a gamer. You yeah. can say you're a proclaim- proclaimed fan of it and stuff. But I will say that there is a definite difference between being a fan and being passionate about the game. Yeah. And being a fan because it just looks cool. Yeah. Anderson falls into that second category for <sighs> yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, because like the monsters in this movie, they look cool, they sound cool and they, mm-hmm. and they, they're just, they designed well, they move cool. They, they, they look good. Yeah. And even like the hunters and stuff and the, in the environments, it all looks the stuff good from the game looks good. Looks good. Yeah. That's it. That's where that's like, exactly. it, it does not have any of the heart or no. theme or anything from the game mm-hmm. because and, and and there's a scene later on that I'll, I'll we'll talk about when we get to it that I think exemplifies that exact thing. Yeah. But I have a 
theory about this movie. Sure. Hit me. Um, about why it is the way it is. Okay. Um, it has the the military stuff mm-hmm. and Mia Jovovich being transported to Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. Because that way they could get funding from the military. <laughs> it's a possibility. To fund the movie. And it's shot in the, the wild spire wastes. Like, that's the the setting of the movie. For the most part, yeah. Because deserts are cheap to film in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good um, that's a pretty good theory, I'd have yeah. to say. Because um, you can tell that the, the entirety of the budget went towards the, the CG on the monsters. Yes. And they look good. Mm-hmm. There's, I won't, I won't argue that. I won't, I won't contest that point. They look really good. But again, that's kind of where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, they wasted their Tony jaw. <laughs> How could they do that? <laughs> um, yeah. So honestly, like it's, it's a good shut your. I, I don't. I don't. I honestly, I don't even want to say it's a good shut no. your brain off movie because there's the biggest. Okay. The thing I had the biggest problem with it was how it was edited. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you... Okay. Yeah, so the editing in this movie is very choppy. Like, uh-huh. it cuts... Like, it, even in one scene where one thing is happening, it changes perspective and and depth and angles and stuff so frequently. The way that I translated it in my head, it was, it was like the entire movie was cut like a trailer. Yeah. And that really got to me it's like i never felt like i was in the movie it felt like i was watching these events not mm-hmm. experiencing them i know that kind of sounds stupid because it's a movie you watch <laughs> movies but but i mean a, a good movie will have your audience experience the events that's the story yeah. that's what the idea is but in this it was more like i was looking at like the chronicle the chronological events happening yeah. one after another it it did not i didn't get invested in it even slightly Mm-hmm. And any time that it started to bring me in, it started doing that editing, and then I was just pulled right back out. Yeah. So. And I did not give a single shit about any character in this movie. No. Other well, I liked Hunter Tony Jaa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but considering he didn't have a name. <laughs> yeah. None of the other no. See, and that's <laughs> the movie is primarily based off of Monster Hunter World, right. and I mean I'll give him credit where where that is like in the game. No characters have names. No. It's just their titles. There's Handler. Yeah. There's Admiral and stuff. Right, right. So, okay, whatever. That's fine. Um, that didn't bother me at all. Uh, it, it was a weird choice to to make that they spoke a different language. That was... That was weird. I don't know why that choice was made, especially since Ron Perlman was not having it. <laughs> yeah. So... You want me to speak a different language? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, made up thing. Made up language from aliens, as the subtitles say. <laughs> no, I speak English. Yep. Um. So, so yeah, I, I honestly, if you want to watch the the Monster Hunter monsters in action on the big screen, quote unquote big screen, I guess, if you want to see them, then that's probably that's a perfectly fine mo- reason to turn in tune into this uh-huh. movie. Other than that, I don't. I don't know. Like, I, I can't recommend it. Nope. Um. So we'll go ahead and I, I guess jump into this. Um. But uh, because yeah, I guess, I guess from what I understand, from what I was reading, um, Anderson had acquired the rights to Monster Hunter. Like I guess Capcom and mm-hmm. and everybody, they wanted to make a Monster Hunter movie. It was announced years ago 
that hey, this is something that we would love to do. And Anderson it was, was it like, was like right when Monster Hunter was becoming huge. It was before that. Be- really, it was before that. Okay, this was like six years before World came out. Well, it was already it was becoming huge at that point. Oh, not here. Okay, touche. Yeah, when it was getting huge, and especially in, right. in Japan, and um, and Anderson scooped those rights mm-hmm. up, and he just held them for a little while. He just he just sat on them. Yeah, he just sat on them. And then it wasn't until Monster Hunter World came out where it exploded, right. you know, everywhere worldwide, as far as I'm aware, um, that all of a sudden all of these people started going like, "Hey, didn't they want to make the? Hey, we we can cash in on this. Let's mm-hmm. let's look for those rights." And Anderson was just like, <laughs> "Nope." I got him. You're not touching him. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to make this movie, for better or worse. Um, so that's kind of what happened here, is he basically was definitely capitalizing on the popularity of right. the game. Which, I mean, from a financial standpoint, like that's what you do. It yeah. doesn't surprise me. You can't you can't <laughs> you can't get mad at Hollywood being Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and Capcom does not have a good record when it comes to Movies based off their stuff, does They it? need to tell Anderson no. Well, I mean, <laughs> even beyond the, the Anderson uh, Resident Evil movies, they just did Welcome to Raccoon City. That bombed. Yeah. They did one season of the Resident Evil show on Netflix. That didn't do well. The animated movies have done better than the other ones, but still not great. The Street Fighter movie was a complete disaster other than uh, Raul Julia. Um, they've been trying to get a Devil May Cry movie off the ground forever. That hasn't happened. I just, honestly, personal opinion, I just don't think that many video games work well in a movie format. Yeah. And uh, Capcom games in particular do not. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, but yeah, no, they, they have not had, had good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but that's kind of the where this movie came from. Um, and so he, ma- he made this movie, he got the rights, he had the rights, and he made the movie, and uh, they were expecting it to be a pretty big success yeah um and <laughs> the uh the theatrical trailer the theatrical release uh-huh. had a stupid joke in it by um where, where one of the characters his name is axe right you may not know who he is because he does not matter um he's played by a chinese american actor uh jin ah young um and he calls his knees chinese it's a stupid joke that's it's a very stupid yeah. joke. yeah and uh, apparently, in chi- for China audi- Chinese audiences, uh, guess what? Didn't land. I yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, they were pretty upset about this so much so that it got pulled from Chinese theaters. Oh shit, that's a huge market. And then subsequently banned from China. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, that was a massive nail in the coffin here. Um, yeah, and um, like it was then subsequently review bombed online by Chinese audiences. Mm -hmm. And they went even so far as to review bomb monster hunter world (laughs) because of it. Not even like, and in the reviews, it wasn't even just like this game sucks. It was no, the movie sucks and this has its name. We're yelling at it. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's some rough shit. It was, it got ugly. Um, the, the makers of the movie obviously, uh, did come out and gave a formal apology. They were like, we didn't mean anything by it. We didn't even think about it. It was not something that, you know, and they, they have since removed that line. That that wasn't in the cut that I watched. They've removed that line completely from any re-release or anything you can find. I don't even, I didn't look into it because frankly, I don't give a shit about Uh seeing this stupid line. But, uh, but yeah, there's a huge thing there. Um, 
so whoops yeah that's to me kind of an example of the the lack of thought that went into this movie it's just they just wanted to make a cash grab so mm-hmm. um so the movie starts up there's a lot of bumpers at the start of this i don't know if you noticed oh that. god yeah i was so many different yeah. companies worked on this movie and we that's sp- always a good sign yeah right um, and we start with a slightly altered quote from Albert Einstein about <laughs> other worlds beyond our perception, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense in the context of this movie because yeah. Al- pretty sure Albert Einstein was not referring to just other realms that you could get to through a portal and was more referring to like literal things that we cannot see. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Whatever. He wasn't talking about Monster Hunter? <laughs> he was not talking about <laughs> Albert Einstein didn't foresee Monster Hunter map? No, he didn't. He didn't say, like, beyond the edges of human perception, there are sick hunters fighting giant monsters. <laughs> <laughs> there are fucking elder dragons, my dude. Um... I would have had way more respect for him if he did, though. <laughs> what, a, what a quack job everyone did think, and then Monster had come out, and everybody would just be like, oh, he was right. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, they, they edited this the line simply so that they could highlight the, uh, the, the, the words, words New, new world. world. Yeah. The New World, which is what they call the, the land in Monster yeah. Hunter World. So, yeah. uh, and other than that, there is... No other reason for this to be here. Cool. Um, Super cool. Yep. Uh, we officially open with a big-ass sand boat sailing through a lightning yeah. storm in the desert. Which I think was something from one of the other games, not World. That it there is, was a, it a is related ship. to some of the other games. I, I think that we should also, before we really dive into this movie, talk about is your and my experience yeah. with the games. Um, I remember I played a little bit of one on the DS and Me I too. couldn't get I, into I it. I pretty well bounced off of it. Um and it wasn't until World came out yeah. that I, I got into it. So I was definitely lumped in with that. World was a lot more accessible. And since World, like, I think I could go back and play some of the other ones and get more into them. Probably. Me too. But World was a lot more accessible. Than... I agreed. Although I did, um, I, I played World. Um, we played that shit out of we World. We played a lot of World. Yeah, I, I put several hundred hours into that game and uh more recently i've been playing monster hunter sunbreak uh finally we kind of picked that up and even though that it's right monster hunter rise sunbreak is the expansion you know what i mean yeah um yeah i picked up monster hunter rise and that's right at the tail end of its life cycle like Uh their their last live event is like this like happening soon or Mm -hmm. just happened or something like that um and so I played all the way through Rise, and although I do think Monster Hunter World is a better game than Rise is, uh-huh. uh, but whatever, and, and neither here nor there, we're not reviewing the games. So, um, but that's kind of where our experience comes yeah. and and ends. Like, and I do know that, like, I think in that DS version, this is kind of how that game end started up was a big right. boat traveling somewhere, and, it, and that te- seems to be the theme with a lot it's of these like, games. I, I got to this point in the game, and it's not. Like, when it opens, but it's, like, the first Elder Dragon fight. Something. And, um, but whatever. So, like, honestly, this opening scene I didn't have a huge problem with. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Um, it, it sets this epic scale, uh, the, the boat, the costume design on the, on all of the hunters, yeah. the, the sets, that all looks really good. Mm-hmm. And it's a very intense opening. I, I cannot get over how much Handler looked like Handler from Monster Hunter World. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. she was... 
perfect. <laughs> she was absolutely perfect. And then, of course, you get Ron Perlman as the Admiral. And that was jarring. It was it's jarring. Because it's and, just Ron Perlman with huge mutton chops. <laughs> and and, a, and the Super Saiyan 3 hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is hilarious. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it just because of how bizarre it was. Um, especially since mo all of the other characters are all of Asian descent. Yeah. You've got Japanese and Chinese and, you know, all these... All right. But then you got Ron Perlman. Yeah, <laughs> this is like it's just Ron Perlman. Wait, what? The 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 costumes and the sets, like it definitely captures the look of Monster yeah. Hunter, especially of World. Um, so the uh, the sandboat is sailing through this lightning storm, and um, they are suddenly attacked by a Diablos. It mm -hmm. Just kind of jumps out of the sand and more of a sand shark than I think Diablos actually is in the games. But whatever. Yeah, Diablos can burrow. But it's mainly to get from place to place, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I don't know how they envisioned him initially, but it would be kind of rough to fight a monster that was under the ground all the time. Yeah. But I, whatever. Interpretation, mm -hmm. that's fine. I had no problem with that. No. Um, and it looked really good. Um, and the Diablos attacks the boat and kills a few of the crew members and knocks a few, uh, and, and knocks one of them overboard, and the ship sails off, still being menaced by the monster. Right. A pretty intense opening scene. I, I have no mm -hmm. complaints about this. Um, and then we cut to the m middle of nowhere Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Um, where a military team who apparently have never met each other are looking for another military team. This is Alpha Team. They're looking for Bravo Team. Mm -hmm. And, like, the, we're, they're, they are given that super um, generic banter back and forth that is supposed to establish that these people are like that kind of like we're friends and but we we rib each other constantly right. and yet they're always reacting to each other's quirks as if this is the first time they've ever seen them exactly it's, yeah it's 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 annoying it's very annoying it's supposed to set like hey we know each other but we're also introducing you to the audience the audience uh -huh. but it just it's it's so and, cookie cutter. Yeah, and, and I hate to say it, I do not care about any of these future corpses. Yeah, and that's the good news. You don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd go through, because um, I was even planning on it, I'd started pulling up right. the, the IMDb page, and I'm like, okay, this is who this is, this is who this is, this is who this is, and I stopped myself, I was like, well, let's let's ride this out. And I'm glad I didn't, because none of these characters matter. No. Um, the uh, the only one who does are, is, of course... Uh, Jovovich, uh, mm -hmm. who it plays Captain Artemis. And you, you get it because Artemis was the 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 hunter. Uh huh. Artemis is the hunter, and she she's the movie's monster hunter, and she's a hunter. It's so clever and nuanced. Isn't it? It's the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> um, they they're tracking down where Bravo Team was last seen, and they finally find where they were. But it seems that Bravo Team just kind of disappeared completely. Uh huh. And along the way, they see these weird like stone markers. I don't know why they're in Afghanistan. I don't know. I Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and then suddenly a freak storm moves in. And this is really where the, like the, the weird cutting started yeah. for me. Like, I didn't notice it so much in the opening because it's the opening. You're, it's meant to be frenetic and right, cut. Right. And I understand why the, the movie is cut this way. Because it is supposed to show, especially during the action sequences, mm -hmm. of how intense and fast-paced everything is. But it just doesn't stop. No, and, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. I hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
uh, lightning starts striking the those markers that they saw uh, as they're trying to escape from this weird storm. Um, and they start the, the the markers start floating and they open a portal to the new, to another world. I think. I mean. If I, I know the premise of the movie. That's probably the only reason why I know what's going yeah, yeah. on. Otherwise, I would have no idea. Yeah. Um, and then they plunge into a slow motion chasm and fall for a while before landing in a different kind of desert. Yeah. So um, so instead of, you know, Afghanistan cracked dry earth desert mm -hmm. it's, it's and rocky, it's like, you know, sandy sand dunes as far yeah. as the eye can see. Whatever. Um, and Artemis sees flashes and stuff, which is never explained or... I don't know. It's weird. Nope. Um, and that's another thing, too, is uh, friggin' Anderson loves his goddamn slow motion. Like, it, it's... Oh. He comes from the Zack Snyder school of directing. Uh -huh. And I don't care for it on either oh, one of them. God. It, it's it's really annoying. Very, very, Where you very go annoying. super slow, and then you speed up real fast. Yeah, and then slow down again, and then speed up. And then slow... Like, if they, film, if they cut out all the slow motion and just filmed it normally, uh -huh. you would lose, like, 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's so stupid. Um, the, um, so they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on, where everything is. They, they find the Bravo team, um, who seem to have been burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Um... And, and they, one of them mentions that, like, oh, not even napalm burns this hot, which, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> the, in the fiction of this world, sure, I'll give it to you, but whatever. Um, and they uh, they also find that the sand beneath the Bravo team right. has been turned to glass. Yeah. And Artemis helpfully explains that when sand melts, it turns to glass. And one of the other characters, Marshall, asks, how do you melt sand? I don't know. It gets Heat. hot. You just, you just, exp that's, this movie such a bad has, line. Yeah, this movie has a kind of glancing relationship with fire and how it works. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, well, it's, it's, again, one of those, it's supposed to be one of those lines to deliver to be like, this is impossible. Yeah. But, but it's, it's about something possible. that's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's not only possible, pretty common. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they start, they, they get their truck working again, they start driving away, because Bravo Team is just beyond, and they, they sing to pass time as they drive away, uh, using the sun to navigate, because their compass is all screwed up. They, they say it's from the lightning, like, all their communications and everything Everything's are, old are shot to shit. And, and stuff. Uh, whatever. I don't know if that, whatever. Um, I, I do not know if lightning would affect a compass at all. I think it'd be more like they're in a different world, so there's a different magnetic north or something like that. Like, that would make more sense. So right. that's probably what's going on, but uh, a movie doesn't explain it. I, I'm probably thinking way more about it than anyone else did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was just a means to make to make sure that they knew they were lost. I don't know. Whatever. They use the sun to navigate. Yeah. And we see that they're being watched by a bow user hunter uh, played by Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa. Um... And then they find some big bones. Big bones. Yep. And we have to, and we have the stupid line about, oh, are they dinosaur bones? No, these are way bigger than dinosaur bones. More, more yeah. trailer fodder. Yeah, yeah. Although I think the entire movie is trailer the, fodder. The entire movie is composed of trailer quotes. It's all it is. And uh, the bow user fires a chalk arrow against one of the, the bones. And in retrospect, like looking back on it, I don't know why he did this. I, I think he was trying to warn them of the Diablos. But I don't know why that why they would interpret that as like I could see if they had established earlier that that was a signal for the hunters that like oh no there's big monster in this area, 
they didn't establish that, so no. I don't know why he thought that these people would understand that. Right. Um, yeah, he, he does this. They think they're being fired upon, so they immediately see him in open fire back. Right. Until Artemis calls for a ceasefire when she's like, no, it's just chalk. Whatever. Um, and then the Diablos attacks them, and it wrecks their vehicles. Um, and during the action sequences, not only do we have that really bad cuts and editing mm -hmm. and rapid slow motion, speed up slow motion, but there are also way too many close-up shots of the soldiers' faces as they shoot right. the monster. yeah. Like, I understand, again, why they did it this way. They want to make it seem very mm -hmm. frantic and very hectic. But I'd really rather see the monster in the action, not Mila Jovovich mugging while she shoots a machine gun. It, I do have to say, like, there's this one dude who's shooting at the Diablos with a handgun while everyone else is, like, firing SMGs and rifles and Mia Jovovich is shooting the mounted gun and stuff. And there's just that one dude hanging off the side of the Jeep shooting a little, like, 9mm <laughs> handgun. It's very funny. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm what? helping! <laughs> I'm going to assist! Patoo, patoo, patoo! <laughs> It's like the dude's fire, firing guns at Superman. It's like, you know that's not going to do anything, but what else are you going to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you throw the gun afterwards. And then you throw the gun at the Diablos and he eats it, yeah. <laughs> um, the Diablos does not give a shit about your puny bullets, apparently. No. Um, and uh, it blasts Axe with the truck. Uh, and then it leaps out and impales one of the characters named Steeler. I wrote these names down thinking they, they mattered. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Um, and... This is where I really started to have, like, I, I had to start nitpicking, too. Yeah. And this is where, to me, it really shows that, like, Anderson was like, these monsters look cool, but I don't care how, you know, it, that's where it ends. Because, to me, the Diablos has always been a very, like, brute force, yeah. just strength fighter. Like, it will just ram into shit. It's and, a rhinoceros. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't take the time to precision kill with its horns to stab. Well, it. It's not even just that. It's like, the, the this entire scene shows that Anderson doesn't understand the Monster Hunter franchise. Because, like, with the exception of the monsters, when you kill them, nobody dies in Monster Hunter. That's who. That you get knocked out, and then your little cat friends cart you back to your <laughs> camp, and it's like, ha ha ha, we're having an adventure. Right. Nobody dies. It's, a, it's honestly a fairly light game. It is an incredibly light game. Like, the, the monsters can seem intimidating, but... You, the idea is that you overcome them, and they're even the scariest monsters like aren't scary for long. Mm -hmm. And there's they're more awe inspiring than they are scary. Right, right. And by trying to show the monsters as like ruthless killers and showing that people are dying left and right and stuff like that, is just kind of completely misunderstanding the, the tone of the game. Mm -hmm. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, I, I could get a, like I think they, they could have gotten away with just like a few of them getting killed in the beginning mm -hmm. like because this is the fish out of water story right like, these are these these soldiers who are trained to fight other soldiers and handle you know real world conflicts yeah and now they're being faced with something that they aren't possibly equipped to handle yeah. and that's why I thought again like the Diablo shows up and it kills a couple of them and then they have to regroup and they meet with the mm -hmm. hunters and the hunters have to teach them their ways and mm -hmm. how to hunt like a hunter and we learn that these hunters have like they I, I, I don't know if I coexist is necessarily the right word but adapt to the monsters by yeah. hunting them and using their parts and stuff like and then from there on you know yeah you don't need to focus on death and carnage right You've already established the monsters are dangerous. Now mm -hmm. you move on to that. But they never do that. No, it, no. It's, it's this 
The monsters are dangerous, and they will fucking kill you at a moment's notice, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, which definitely sucks out, like you were saying, it sucks out the themes of the original, of the games. Like, you just kind of mm -hmm. lose that immediately, and, and it loses that lighthearted feel. Yeah, it feels much scarier than the games. And like I said, the games aren't scary, necessarily. No, no. No, I think you, you nailed it. They're awe-inspiring. Uh -huh. The monsters look good, and they're... It's like huge forces of nature. Right, yeah. Animals. <laughs> yeah. But um, but anyway, Bowhunter fires an explosive arrow and distracts the Diablos long enough for the soldiers to make it into the cave. Um, but the Diablos can't reach them, and eventually it just gives up and leaves. Um, although it just now occurred to me, do we want to talk about what the monsters actually look like in case we probably should because i can't we, we're assuming that everyone has right played they the know what yeah, yeah so um so the diablos um these these monsters especially in this movie or at least the two marquee monsters are wyverns um yeah so they have wings attached to their their forearms mm -hmm. like they're not they're not dragons right they do have wings the diablos has wings he never uses them in the games or in the movie um it's just more for aesthetics yeah to make him a wyvern um but yeah he's kind of got this huge bulky frame triceratops style like ridge over yeah, his head and, like bullhorns and big yeah big bullhorns um his tail has that that a very m most of the monster hunter monsters have very unique tails yeah they're not usually just like serpentine just no they're they're very unique to the monster, and that's because usually you can lob them off. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you got to be able to identify them when they fall on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that and it gives it adds a lot of character oh, yeah, to the yeah. monsters too. So the Diablos has this wild like, what would you describe that? Shovel shape? spade. <laughs> Shovel spade. <laughs> uh, well, I always it, it, to me it's almost like a, a bulkier version of the same horns. Almost. Yeah, kind it's of. Kind of got this weird shape to it. Almost like a, I don't know, like a. Fat Trident. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fat like a, Trident. That's like a, really a Trident good... that's been eating the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of burgers. A Trident mo modeled after me. Um... <laughs> a Trident after my own heart. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's kind of it. Like, and, mm -hmm. he, and he moves around, again, very, like, in the games. And again, I think that they, they nailed the way the monsters move. Yeah. Like, in the games, the Diablos tends to swing its head back and forth in a very big sweeping uh -huh. motion. You know, clearly trying to get as much as it can, to hit right. as much as it can. It wants to knock you around. It charges like a bull. Um, they sound just like the monsters in the games, mm -hmm. um, which are very distinctive and very good. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll edit in some of the roars here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing I do have to say is that nobody picks up a footprint and sniffs it. <laughs> nobody gets their freak on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely misunderstanding the games. Uh -huh. um, or at least Monster Hunter World. Because in, in Rise, they don't do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I always thought that was just a staple of Monster Hunter games. But, no, no that's just, just World. <laughs> that's just those freaky, freaky hunters in a new world. <laughs> you got you to go to Monster a new, foot fetish. Yeah, go to a new world and you got to smell everything. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, that's what the Diablos is, yeah. kind of a, and is, he's got, like, that same, like, color scheme as, like, sand, mm -hmm. you know, the idea is, blends in, whatever. Um, because when you look at this thing, you think ambush predator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very much so, and I mean, that's kind of the idea, too. Yeah. And that's what, how they play him in the movie, almost. Yeah. Almost. 
They freaking play him like a graboid in the movie. That bothered me a it bit. It does. It's like... But... Um, so anyway, Bowhunter, he fires his arrow, distracts the Diablos long enough for the soldiers to make it into a cave. Um, the Diablos can't reach them. He even mm -hmm. breaks off one of his horns in trying to get to them. Which was a nice touch. Kind of a call to when right. you're fighting the monsters in the game. So you could break parts of them. And listen, Diablos' horns are pretty infamous for being broken like that. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the Diablos does just kind of give up and leaves. Um, in the aftermath, uh, Artemis tries to calm um, one of the characters, Dash, down with an, and inspire the rest of the survivors to persist. Because they're freaking out, you know. It's like they just watched some of their comrades get right. absolutely annihilated. They were, for all means and purposes, it's a dragon. Yeah. Or a dinosaur. Or, and yeah. something that shouldn't exist. Um, so they're... they're understandably a little freaked out and Artemis is trying to calm them down, calm them down give them a, a pep talk um but uh, she's suddenly ambushed behind by a big bug monster which I actually thought was really funny and, and kind of a good scene because it's like you expect her to be like motivating them uh -huh. and then no suddenly just oh <laughs> we're gonna be okay ah I'm dying yeah <laughs> um but, but yeah this big monster this big bug monster attacks her um it's from the game called uh, Nersilia. Yeah. Uh, I didn't... They weren't in World, so no. I didn't really recognize these dudes. These things are not in World or in Rise, so yeah. I didn't recognize them. I didn't know there were bug monsters. There... Yeah. <laughs> um, I knew that there were some bug monsters. I didn't know that... Like, these things, I had no idea existed. Yeah. I, I mean, in Rise, they have a big spider monster, and she's pretty cool. Okay. Um... I mean, then again, all most of the Monster Hunter monsters are pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's none that way. I can say like, ooh, I don't like that at all. There's some of them that's like, God, that thing's disturbing to watch. But there's but none they, are, of... they have unique designs. Yeah, yeah, very unique. Like the the monster designs from Capcom's on Capcom's side are very choice. They yeah, are yeah. very very good. Um, but yeah, this thing is called a Nersilia. Again, it, it's weird that they like everything else about this movie is meant to be about Monster Hunter World. Right. I so it's kind of weird that they include these guys in there. Yeah, and not only that, they're kind of the primary antagonists. Right? <laughs> like they they're more of the antagonists than anything else. Than even um, the the Diablos. And it's distracting. Yeah. Especially since these things are more like rip like the way that, I don't know how they behave in the games. I've not played the games with these things. Um and it's hard to describe them too. I don't know if I could do it they're justice. Big like spider things kind of with stingers take take a spider take a, an assortment of other weird bugs mix yeah. them with the like a little the, bit of antlion in there yeah a little bit of antlion mix them with the bugs from starship troopers yeah they're um, a lot like those um give them stingers yeah i don't know i never you never get a good look at them because they are they're shot in darkness they're shot mm -hmm. in darkness because they're afraid of the light and they're or usually something. swarming over each other uh-huh so it's it's really hard to get a good look at these things um, but yeah, it's really weird that they included these in the movie at all, let alone made them a huge focus. Yeah, they're just like, because they're, they're not like, in world. Like I said, they're, they're the primary antagonist of uh -huh. this movie. They're in this movie more than Diablos, more than Rathalos, more than anything. More than anything else. Um, and um, I guess that when they were making this movie, uh, uh, Anderson did say like he didn't want to create any new monsters because I mean why the hell would you? He's like we've you've literally got hundreds of monsters right. to choose from, but I don't know. It's really strange that he chose one that's not from World when literally everything else in this movie is based yeah. off of World. Um, but whatever. I mean, go you. I'm I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that other than how much focus is put on these things. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, anyway, so this Nicelia, uh ambushes her and stabs her, and she seemingly dies. Like, it stabs mm-hmm. her with this poisonous thing, which I guess is, I don't know, maybe just supposed to paralyze? The, like, I was, I didn't recognize them, so I looked them up once yeah. uh, Hunter mentioned what they were called. Um, and they are, you know, venomous in the games, mm-hmm. so they can poison you. Uh, I don't know if they can paralyze you or not. A lot of monsters in the game paralyze you, so I, I'm not going to put it past them. But um, the rest of the, the soldiers retreat as the cave is swarmed by these things. Um, and the bow hunter uh, starts firing off arrows at them, trying to save these soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, in, like later on, I'm not sure why he's doing all of this. Me neither. But whatever. Um, See, I I had thought that, especially when Ron Perlman comes back, that Ron Perlman was from the Earth. That's what I thought, too. And they they would know that there was, you know, another world and stuff like that. And no, they had no idea. No, they did. Well, they did. They we'll, kind of did. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, I, but... I thought that that's what they were going to do, too, is Ron Perlman was from Earth and had come here and had never made it home and right. just adapted. Right. They don't do that, though. No. So that doesn't make any sense. Like, but we'll, we'll cover it when we get yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I Marshall gets got... Uh, the other, like, basically, this is where the other soldiers all die. Yeah, everyone dies off, Everybody sca- off dies. camera except for Axe. Yep. Um, Artemis wakes up again, or she, or she wakes up like, oh, hey, she's not dead. Gasp! I, I was fooled. Yeah, <laughs> I was fully expecting our lead character and wife of the the, the director. director to have died. And yeah, what if she did? <laughs> ballsy move, but yeah. Um, but yeah, she uh, she wakes up, but then she's stung again. That was pointless. Yeah. Um. And then she wakes up later on in a big web sack. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the bugs got Dash as well. We see her. she's dead. She died off screen. Um, Link is still alive. Um, but never mind. No, he's, he's dead. He, he dies because he had, like, egg babies on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, the thing that gets me about this scene is the... Um... The, the buggies uh, put eggs on Link so that they can hatch, right? It uses him as an incubator. Theoretically. And then as soon as those eggs hatch, while they're still crawling off of him, the big one feeds it to the smaller ones, like the medium-sized ones. So all those babies <laughs> just got et. Well, maybe the babies were seasoning. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a... I don't know. Or maybe these bugs just don't think. Even don't in, on an instinctual level. <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. It's not meant to, and I guarantee you this is an addition from the game or from the movie, oh, not yeah. from the game. Oh yeah, well, this is way more gruesome than oh, the game. Oh yeah, the, would do. the games don't really have much in the way of body horror. Uh-huh. Um so uh Artemis torches the bugs um with a makeshift flamethrower. With like an oxygen spray and a uh like a emergency lighter. flare. Or yeah, that's a rose flare. Mm-hmm. Um and she escapes, but not before one of the bugs bites her ankle, and I thought had broken her ankle. Yeah. Um. But she gets out and cauterizes the wound on her ankle by cutting a bullet, the, the yeah, shelling she, off of a bullet, and dumping the powder onto her leg, and then lighting it on fire. Yeah. She. She. Which seems a little extreme to me. Yeah. Like I would think you would be reserving that for when you know you're literally bleeding out. Yeah. Not for a, a scratch on the, the ankle. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, but it, it's okay, because it apparently it fixes her enough to walk. 
Like, I thought it was broken. I was apparently mistaken. Yeah, that's just, that's not how that would work. <laughs> nope, not even the a little The burns bit. on your leg would be so severe at that point. <laughs> and, like, not only that, but dumping gunpowder into an open wound? That can't be good. That can't feel nice. No. <laughs> she confirms that the Diablos is out there still waiting. Uh... Like a graboid again? Yeah. Well, she she finds a bunch of stacked rocks. Uh-huh. And it looks like um, Hunter, uh, Tony Jaw, has been using that as a way to tell time, or like to mark days. Right. Or weeks or whatever. He's been there for a while. He's been there for a while, yeah. Trapped on this, like, because I guess I should establish, that, uh, I don't think I, it was made clear when we were talking about this, that when they got away from the Diablos, it was into this big, like, rocky outcropping. Right island in the middle of this sandy desert <laughs> ship graveyard <laughs> yeah it, there's a, a bunch of wrecked ships and stuff but um so that's where she's at and that's why she's relatively right. safe other than the scilia that have mm-hmm. like termite mines or termite mounds yeah things um but yeah and then she finds a bunch of shipwrecks amongst these rocks uh and then bow hunter ambushes her and they fight because, you know, he saved them, so now he's going to yeah. fight them. Um, the fight goes on for a little too long. It looks cool. It's good. I mean, well, good choreography, Mi- I guess. Mia Jovovich is just athletic enough to make it look like this is a good fight. Yeah. Um, but he does eventually win, and he ties her up, and he takes her away. Um, he brings her to his hideout, where he gets to drink some water, eat some moss, tend to his wounds... And she spends the night cutting herself free with a rock. He doesn't give her any water. He doesn't mm-hmm. give her any food. Again, I don't know what his plan is. I don't know why he bothered to save these people only to then know. tie them up and deprive them of food and water. But, um, whatever. So the next morning she's free and she ambushes him, um, tying him up. They, they fight again and, and get him. She, or no, I don't even think they fight. She just knocks him out and ties him up. And, and they then, fight and fight and fight and fight yeah. and fight and fight and fight. <laughs> Over they, they, and over. They itchy and scratchy. Yeah, this lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, they like she gets some water, he kicks the water over, they're very spiteful to each other. Yeah. Like the they, previous he night. He goes she... for a weapon and she blocks him from the weapon, smashes him into the wall a few times, mm-hmm. and it goes on five ever. Yeah, it's it's annoying. And this is another big problem that I have. The Monster Hunter games are 70% monsters, uh-huh. 30% cool hunters, uh-huh. and, and that's probably being conservative. Um, a big part of the game is the hunters and the way they attack and move. Like, you have 14-plus mm-hmm. weapons right. and different... Each one has a unique style of play. Each one has different moves. The hunters move in very unique ways. The weapons are very interesting, especially right. some of the more complex ones, like uh-huh. the switch axe and charge blade and i mean they're all really really crazy and cool and the hunters using them looks cool and in the games it feels good when you get those combos off i was really wanting to see a little bit of that in this movie you could have some of these hunters doing some of those moves replicating them from the games and it would look really good Mm -hmm. instead you pit all of the freaking stunt money into having these two fight each other over and over again like any other action movie right and that's really where another big problem that I have with it. Like, you do see a few of the uh, weapons from the games. They he uh, Anderson prides himself, or at least he he pats himself on the back, saying that all of the weapons in the movie are uh-huh. from the game. 
and with a very minor exception that we'll get to at yeah. the very end, he's yeah. Correct. I could like, I could identify all. Yeah, of them. The, yeah, the bow like that's you, yeah. you. As soon as he pulls out the bow, you're like, yep, that's the bow user. Yeah, it, it looks just like the bow from the game. They've got the dual blades. He's got the the, the great sword. The great sword. Much smaller than the game, yeah, but yeah. Then whatever. That's because it's meant for an actual human to swing that thing around. <laughs> instead of... But then later you uh, you see an insect glaive. Uh-huh. Uh, you see a switch axe. I'll, well, I have comments on that one, but yeah. we'll get to it. Um, um, and you see... Uh, what else is there? I think that's it. That might be it. Yeah, I, I thought there was it. something else, but maybe but, not. But yeah, you see these weapons, and they do look like they uh-huh. do in the game. So that's really cool. Um, and when they do use them, it looks good. Yeah. Again, I wish they'd use them like they use them in the games instead of just like like you would use them in real life because yeah. that's that's not that again it takes the spirit out of the game. But um, anyway, they they fight and uh, eventually Hunter almost falls into a nest of the the bugs, um, but uh, Artemis helps him out and they form a truce. Uh, she gives him a Hershey's bar uh, because they needed the funding somewhere else because the military funding ran out. Well, the first thing you see in the movie is a Coke can, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, and uh, she gives him a Hershey's bar as a peace offering. Um, I do enjoy, like, I don't know why they made the language barrier. Um, I don't get it. But I do think that they, they handled it for the most part fairly well like she gives him this chocolate bar he's reluctant to eat it she tells him it's chocolate he's like chocolate and then when he does he's like oh it tastes really good and then later in the movie anything that tastes good he says chocolate uh-huh. he thinks that just means it tastes good not like right that. it's like okay that's that's a nice touch again i don't know why it's there no but whatever um and uh they they communicate with each other in however way they can um and kind of communicate to that each other that they, um, she wants to head to this tower in the distance that I don't think we've mentioned yet. <laughs> there's, there's this always, there's this ever-present tower yeah. in the distance over the desert, constantly surrounded by lightning and a storm. It's where the boat was headed at the beginning of the movie. Um, and she wants to go over there uh, to, because she thinks that might be the ticket to go home. Um, and... This is where he uh, he tells her like oh you know that's that's the Diablos uh-huh. and stuff, um, and and I couldn't help but put this. There's not a lot of IMDb trivia, yeah, in this on this movie, but um, I loved how uh, how sassy this one came across is uh, according to IMDb, um, and this is the <laughs> this is the right. trivia line word for word at 48 minutes in. Hunter, whose language is incomprehensible to Artemis, names the first monsters Diablos, which is perfectly good Spanish for devils. <laughs> I love the sass well, there. Yeah, and that's one of the things that bugged me about the language thing, <laughs> is because Diablos is comes from a Latinate for devil. Uh-huh. Latin does not exist in Monster Hunter land. Uh-huh. So why would they call this monster Diablos? <laughs> Because their language is not a Latinate. Uh-huh. So wh- why? <laughs> why would it just not have any other... Like, most of the monsters have names that kind of invoke something. Like, Nersilia invokes Cilia from Greek myth. Right. Uh, Rathalos kind of sounds like Wrath. Uh-huh. But it's like... Wrath-a-lot. Wrath-a-lot, yeah. Yep. But they're different enough from the roots that 
it kind of makes sense. Diablos is literally just like devil. <laughs> so it's like they picked the one monster uh-huh. whose name is a perfect Latinate. <laughs> Um, so Hunter devises a plan to poison the Diablos with the bug poison, uh, and, and he was going to use Artemis as bait, um, and he, they, they execute this pretty well, and he ends up cutting off one of the stingers with his greatsword, because he has a greatsword now. He has a greatsword now. He's, he's, he's he's multi, like, classing here. Which is fine. Yeah. Uh, any anybody who plays Monster Hunter for a decent length of time knows the feel of wanting to play a different weapon. Yeah, um, none of them play Hunting Horn though. <laughs> I play Hunting Horn. Um, oh, I, none of these people play Hunting Horn. Oh yeah, well, fuck. They should. That would have been incredible. Sh- like you got to have someone playing Hunting Horn. That so would have been those inc- supports. That would have been good. That would have been so good. Yeah, <laughs> just pulls out a, like a bladder on a stick and honk, bink, honk. <laughs> <laughs> This is what you have, Artemis. That would be incredible. <laughs> Cowards. Um, although I was impressed that they at least had the they had the the uh, insect glaive at the end. Even if it didn't have its um, its insect uh, glaive, its insect. Yeah, they didn't, it, and they didn't do much with it. But I, he's, I he's was happy around. that they actually had that. Yeah, I know because that's that's my weapon of choice, is right? The, the insect glaive. Um, but yeah, they they do this, and then that night they bond and become friends. And again, the the rapid cut editing, I had the note that I'm just so sick of it because it's just constant. Mm-hmm. Um, they spend the next day setting up traps or something and outfitting Arnibus with a slinger from Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Which is like a little grappling hook slash slingshot, slingshot that <laughs> attaches to her wrist. Yeah. Again, looks just like it does in the game. Right. Functions just like it does in the game. Um, and he also teaches her how to use the dual blades in a like training montage. And he shows, like, I guess they're trying to allude to, like, in the games, the dual blades have a function called demon mode mm-hmm. that you can activate. Um, and I, I don't know if that's what he's trying to, like... Like, it seems like that's what they're trying to invoke, but that's not how that works. No. Um, but, and that, and, like, in the games, of course, the weapons, a lot of times you can get, like, elemental yeah. things on them. And maybe that's what it is, but... Like, so she, she does this where it's like they start lighting, heating up and she freaks out and she gets mad at him for not telling her that because how would he? It's never explained. Yeah. It's never done. Whatever. It's it's simply a bold face just reference to the game. That's all this, it is. This movie is so expecting you to pop every time something from the game shows up. Uh-huh. That it, did, it forgot to include an actual movie. Right. Um. So the next day they, I think... The next day, whatever. But they, they eventually set off this trap, which is actually just a big, like, catapult, catapult. Mm-hmm. on a timer that hits the dirt and distracts the Diablos to go and check. Because, again, the Diablos is a graboid from right. Tremors. Um, and they, they make a run for it, but they do have to fight the Diablos. Uh, they use the poisoned arrow. They get to the trucks and get use a rocket launcher. But nothing seems to be working against this thing. Because, you know, that's the spirit of the Monster Hunter games, is not being able to damage the monsters in any way. Yeah. Um, and finally, Hunter jumps on its head and stabs down into its skull with his sword, but he's knocked off pretty brutally. Um, hits a rock and, and hits the ground um, before he can finish it. And Artemis uses her slinger that she trained for an indeterminate amount of time to She shot three cans with it, Matt. She thought she <laughs> she's a master now. Yeah. Um, and she uses that to get up on top and pushes the sword down into its brain, finally once, killing once it. Once again, like, really graphic for a game that does not have much in the way of graphic. Uh-huh. Like, the, the, no, there's no graphic violence in that game for 
like concerning what you do to these monsters. Right. Like even when you're carving them up and stuff like that, it doesn't show most, anything. The most graphic thing is the cutting off of their tails, but right. like, there's no blood or anything. No, they just fall off. It's so. like a like a lizard busting his tail off. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, but she does finally kill it, uh, and then she pries off a scale of, from it to use as a sled to, to help drag Hunter away because he's mm-hmm. unconscious but still alive. Um, they caught, get caught in a sandstorm. She has to spend the night medicking him back to life. I don't know if any of this is accurate to military medic. I have no field idea. Field survival, whatever. But it's pretty pointless. The whole scenes, I guess, it's just to establish that they're still becoming friends. I thought they had already been, whatever. I don't know. But man. they make it to an oasis or a jungle or something. Mm-hmm. Might have more bonding times, complete with a cookout, because that's from the game. Yeah, he has roast. a spit and he roasts it, and mm-hmm. it's like once again, it's like okay, that's something from the game. Yay! Yep. Wait, it doesn't mean anything. Nope. Um, but then we find out that the Rathalos is in the area. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those where you see the shadow, and and anybody who's played the games knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Rathalos, which is a flying wyvern, because most wyverns are flying, but it, it actually flies around and it burns the forest that night and it sends a herd of Apseros, which are these ankylosaurus looking they're, they're like creatures. Yeah, they're like turtle things. Yeah. Kind of. Fast turtles. They're yep. very fast turtles. They're, they're ankylosaurus turtle monsters. Right. Um, and they stampede through the camp, but they're saved by the other hunters and Ron Perlman. Now, the weapon Ron Perlman is using, like, it looks like a switch axe. Like, mm-hmm. when you see it, it, it's got the shape of yeah. a switch axe. Doesn't do any switching. No. But he uses it like the charge axe. Right. But, and when I say uses it like the charge axe, I mean he just slams it into the ground and it creates an uh, elemental burst. Right. But that's all he does. The, which is a crying shame because to me, the switch axe and the charge axe are probably the two most striking, uh, unique weapons. Right, yeah. The, the switch axe, uh, for those uninitiated, is an axe that, like, kind of folds out um mm-hmm. very like it, it almost feels spring-loaded like right uh like an umbrella almost um but it folds out into yeah, an axe spring-loaded umbrella i get you and uh it uh, <laughs> it, it folds out um into an axe and then you can attack with that and then you can also like switch it it'll like flip around and adjust again and turn into a sword mm-hmm. like a big ass fuck all sword um, and you can switch back and forth between the two on the fly. For, like, bigger hits and more precise hits. Um, kind of. Well, yeah, the axe mode has more mobility, sword right. mode has more damage. Right. Whatever. Um, I'm not going to get into the weeds on that. And then the charge blade, or the charge axe, I, I think it's the charge blade. I think I'm in... But whatever. Is a sword and shield that combine that right. to become an axe. Like, you basically, the shield is the axe head, and you fight with the sword and shield to charge it up, and then you combine them to unleash elemental things. Yeah. Ron Perlman just uses it to slam it on the ground and creates an elemental blast. A, a, a fire blast, because fire is the only element this movie knows. Fire and electric. They had a little bit of lightning. What's our electric? At the end? I guess. The very, very end? I guess, technically, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> counting that. Yeah. No wonder they had such a rough time with the Rathalos in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> Rathalos they, is not... Like... <laughs> Using and abusing elemental weaknesses and resistances and stuff is, like, one of the core gameplay mechanics of Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. And the only element this movie knows is fire. Yep. Which is weird. Yeah. It, it's unimaginative. Yeah, is yeah. Where it, that's just straight up it. 
Because like the elements in, in Monster Hunter, you've got fire, you've got electric, you've got ice, you've got dragon uh -huh. as an element. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not to mention the uh, the status effects. You right, yeah. They kind of get into that with like, okay, we're taking the Nersilia spikes and we're going to poison the, right. the, the Diablos with that. Like they kind of get into that and that's the only time they really play with it. But... So, um, after Ron Perlman saves everybody, uh, Artemis thanks him. Um, and I do appreciate this scene because at this point, even we don't know that Ron Perlman's going to speak English. Right. Um, and so Artemis is like, you know, Hey, thank you. I know you don't understand me, but thank you. And he just looks at her and he's like, don't thank me yet. And he just punches and then her, he cold in the face. her. Yeah. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. And again, that's when I thought that it was like, Oh, he's going to be Ron Perlman from... is from <laughs> earth and he got stranded here. And, but Nope, no, no, no. We like we learn a little bit later on that no, he's just this isn't the first time humans have made it to their world, and he just decided to learn their language because apparently they brought books on yeah. it, and he became fluent in this other thing, including slang. Uh huh. Um, I, I think it was just like no, Ron Perlman just decided he was not going to speak this yeah, I'm not this gonna, alien language. No, I'm not going to do your stupid made up language. I'm going to speak English. Write it in. I don't care. <laughs> Um, I've already signed the contract. It's too late. Get get to work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You already glued these mutton chops to my face. <laughs> you, yeah. You, I spent tw I spent six hours in makeup, and now I'm not gonna speak your stupid language. What are you gonna do? Um. Uh. So Artemis wakes up in a cage, being gawked at by the other hunters. This is a very weird scene. Yeah, it is. Uh, she breaks free after they leave and descends into the kitchen. Uh, she's about to snag some food when she's stopped by the Meowskular Chef. Hey, he's in here because he's in the game. Yeah, this is one of those things where it seemed like Capcom saw the movie and was like, where are the Palcos? Yeah. Because Palcos are another big thing for Monster Hunter. They're yeah. your little cat buddies. They're support staff in the village and stuff like that. They're f they're everywhere yeah. in, in the games. Yeah. They're just, yeah, little anthropomorphic well, maybe not even bipedal yeah. cats that um, that just yeah they're they're the support staff like you said yeah and the meowskular chef is from Monster Hunter World where he's this big gruff looking palico with a you know a scar over one eye and he's the chef yeah and he cooks the food and um that's it and but it's like they they Capcom saw the movie is like okay there's no palcos in this you have to put one in uh huh and is, so is, here he is. Here he is. Yeah. Um, she gets startled by him. And then the hunter comes in to save her. Mm -hmm. Because the Palico's about ready to freaking stab her. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he tells her, no, they're, they're called Palicos. And then the, the Mouscular Chef recreates the exact scene from the game of him prepping the food. All right. the way to putting the parsley on the Yeah, on the putting meat. the garnish on it. Yeah, putting the garnish on it. And... While that's a neat callback, it, it looks good because it's a funny scene in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's, whenever they they cook, you get that little animation, and it's meant to be lighthearted and funny. This scene plays off exactly like it does in the game, but with the same music that the movie has had up till this oh, point. Oh, that's something I so I meant to mention is the soundtrack in this movie sucks. <laughs> it is terrible. It didn't bother me at all. It really bothered me because like the. The game, or at least Monster Hunter World, like, I, and I'm assuming the other ones, has like big epic orchestral scores That's for its fair. hunts. That's fair. And in this one, it's like synth bargain basement synth. It's uh -huh. not even good synth. It's... No, I can. I now that you mention it, and now that you contextualize it that way, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, 
but it's incredibly generic electronica. Right. Instead of the, the, just the huge, like, sweeping epic orchestral music that sounds like, you know, you're about to go explore the wilderness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're in someone's basement rave. Yeah. And someone, like, slipped you the really bad acid. <laughs> <laughs> but this scene, to me, exemplifies the problem with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Because... And, I, and what I think I'll do is I'll, I'll put in, like, I know you can't see it. This is an audio format. But just the sound and the music, uh -huh. I'm going to put the the scene from the game uh -huh. in, and then I'm going to play the scene from the movie. Uh -huh. And just auditory, auditorily, because that's the difference, Yeah, the tone shifts so much, and it lacks so much of that lighthearted nature. Yeah, Like, it happens in the movie, and it's just like, that was stilted and awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Nope. It's bad times. Um, so the hunter brings her up to Ron Perlman, who's like, oh, I guess I overreacted. We need to talk. And he exposits for a bit, explaining that the tower brought people from our world to theirs a long time ago. He learned to speak English. Also, there were ancients. Um, I don't know too much of the lore of some of the other games, so yeah. this might be from them. Maybe. I don't know, because I've, I've heard that the war in this game in this movie is picked cherry picked from the other games, but there's these ancients who let their technology consume them. Um, and Ron Perlman suspects that it was due to the influence of our world or something. I mean, that's definitely not from the games. No. Um, they also created slash employed the Rathalos to keep the tower safe. Um, and then he mentions that it is nigh unkillable. You know, just like in the game. Yeah. Um, and I it's... have personally killed, like, 50 of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes two at once. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then he says that its only weakness is right before it breathes fire, and all this is hogwash and weird. Yeah. It's just... No. You were missing the point of the games. Yeah. Completely. Equip, equip some ice shit. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Get uh, Jovovich some... Some dragon daggers, some yeah. dragon dual blades. She'll kick its ass. Yeah, yeah she'll <laughs> cut the thing to ribbons, man. Um, they arrive at the tower after an underwhelming montage and make some wild statements and of facts about the tower, about how it's powered by lava and is controlling the storm, which is opening the portal to Earth. Yeah. I don't care. I stopped paying attention. Oh, I had fully checked out by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Rathalos attacks. Now, the Rathalos, if you've ever seen any iconography from Monster Hunter, you've it, seen the Rathalos. Yeah, he's like he's usually the cover monster. Um, he is the one of the only monsters that has been in every single game. Yep. He is the flagship monster of most of the games. Uh-huh. Um, Hell, in Monster Hunter Stories, or, yeah, Monster Hunter Stories, you get a baby one that you raise. <laughs> So, yeah, it's basically, it looks like a dragon. It's a wyvern, so it's got the, you know, its forearms right. are its wings. But, yeah, it's it's got the, like, a very reddish, like, hide. Like, its scales uh -huh. are very red. Unless it's, uh, like, the Azura. Uh, yeah. In which case, it's blue. But, I mean, in this case, in this it, yeah, movie, yeah. 
Um, it's this big is and just red. A, a bog standard Rathalos. Mm -hmm. So it's not even one of the impressive ones. It's just a regular <laughs> Rathalos. <laughs> Uh, the only thing, like, uh, the funny thing about the, the Rathalos design for me is I think he looks really cool. Mm hmm Until you notice his ears. Yeah. He's got these big, weird, like, elf ears. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts every time I notice them. But, um, and then, of course, his tail, which, again, Monster Hunter Monsters have unique tails. Mm -hmm. His ends in this big, like, bulky, spiked, almost like a rattlesnake-looking Kind of, tail. yeah. And he'll um, whack you with it. Oh, yeah. He uses this as a bludgeon. Um... And again, in this movie, it looks good. Mm -hmm. It looks like a Rathalos. Um, and it attacks, and they fight it, but it's pretty powerful. Um, the fight is very underwhelming. It's shot in that same jerky cut style. Mm -hmm. It's with rapid slow motion and speed up interspersed. Um, I didn't pay attention most of the fight because I was so bored. Yeah, it, it it's sad how boring this fight is. Mm-hmm. Especially considering how much time we spent with the fucking Narcilia. Uh-huh. Um, Perlman reminds Artemis that the Rathalos' only weak point is just before it blows fire. He keeps yeah. hammering that in. Um, and even though we see her, like, getting into it and cutting at it, and, like, you get scenes of her slashing and literally cutting through its armor, looks pretty, like... Yeah. That looks like weakness to me, but whatever. What do I know? Um, it does eventually, like, knock her off of the cliff and into a portal back to her world. Yeah. Movie over, I guess. Um, she's rescued and... She re she rescued. Rescued? She rescued. She's a raccoon. She's... <laughs> she is, uh, yes. She's a raccoon. Um, they experiment on her. Tie and then she the Marvel... sits on someone's head under a chef's hat and they cook. <laughs> She she ratatouille's a hunter. Yeah, she she, she sits on somebody's raccoonies. Pulls their <laughs> raccoonies. Oh, that's from um, that's from Modoc, isn't it? No, oh, what that, is that from? That's from fucking everything, everywhere, all oh, at that's once. What it was. You ding dong. Me, I, <laughs> shit. But anyway, yeah, she does that. She's pulling his hair and she makes that guy fight the monsters. Right. Man, that would have been a good ending to this movie. Yeah. If Milo Jovovich had been replaced by a CGI raccoon that made you cry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody would have noticed. Um, it would have been an improvement. Uh, she, so she's rescued and taken into a chopper. But then the chopper hits another portal or something? I don't know if it hits a portal or if the Rathalos comes out of the portal. And I, well, I, I don't know. The end result is Rathalos is now on Earth. Yeah. And it does battle with the military. Yeah. Which goes about as well as it ever does. Yeah. Um, it, And I also want to note that, like, the Rathalos, like, Rathalos is a lot bigger in the games, or it can be a lot bigger in the games mm -hmm. than, than you would think. Uh-huh. Um, in the games, they can vary in size, and the bigger ones are pretty, pretty big. Yeah. This Rathalos is goddamn gargantuan. This, this is fucking, fucker is huge, yeah, man. The Rathalos in the game doesn't have a head the size of the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure he this guy varies in size between scenes too. Oh, absolutely. Um, he changes as frequently as the Rathaloses in the games do, but those are different Rathaloses, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it bites the chopper, and in the wreckage, she's flipping around and she starts has fl having flashbacks to, uh, to everything that she's learned about the new world, and then we have a really weird. The only dialogue, the only line is just Perlman saying. A Rathalos. 
and it's very goofy. Yeah, it like is. it's not even repeating its weaknesses. It's right before it throws yeah. it throws fire. I'm gonna put that in because it's just so weird. Yeah, it's a Rathalos. A Rathalos. She eventually climbs out. Like, I, again, I'm, I, I didn't take two concisive notes here because the fight was so boring. But she eventually exploits the Rathalos' second weakness, which is having its wings, uh, one of its wings cut down and open. Right. And she jumps up and slices its wing open. And uh, I assume that renders it flightless. It never tries to fly again in the movie, so I, I don't have, honestly have any idea. But that's the implication, I think. Um, she then lights a phosphorus grenade with an open flame. Like, she just holds yeah. her hand over an open flame and burns herself to light this phosphorus grenade. That was pointless. It was. Um, and she uses it and the slinger that she still has to fire it into the Rathalos' mouth, which explodes it from the inside. Cool. It looks really cool. Yeah. It's, again, not really in, in the spirit of the game, but whatever. Um, and it dies. It oh, no, but it's not only... It's no. not really dead. No, it's, it's not fully dead. But it then suddenly the hunter shows up and he exploits its third weakness, yeah. exploding arrows. Yeah, so it, its main weakness is that you have to attack it before, right before it breathes fire, or you can just blow it up. Yep. They never tried that. No, they didn't. Um, and this officially kills it. This kills the, the Rathalos dead. Um, Ron Perlman shows up and says that they still have a lot to do because now suddenly he cares. Yeah. I don't know why. He's like, we can't. Well, the have... character cares. Ron, no, Perlman Ron Perlman does not. Doesn't. No. <laughs> Um, the character, but like up until this point, like the, the character was like, I will do anything to protect my world from yours because yeah. your world's going to be destruction. And all of a sudden he stands up. He's like, well, I can't very well have my monsters running around in your world. Now, can I? Um, we got a lot to do. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It would have made so much sense if Ron Perlman would have been from Earth originally. Uh-huh. And, and then finally he makes it back to Earth and he's like, all right, time to defend where I came from. But instead, no, he... <laughs> So, yeah, he's like, I guess the tower is just going to keep sending monsters to the Earth, because I guess the tower is the true villain. I don't know. Um, and we see the storm approaching, and it's got the tower inside of it. And then we see a new monster that isn't in World. Yeah. Uh, this is the Gormagala. Right. Which is, uh, I'm familiar now because it's in Rise. Right, right. Um, which is a really cool fucking dragon. And, and this is an actual dragon. It's got four legs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sightless. It doesn't have any eyes. Um, and its wings have arms, like... It's got wyvern wings, right? But those wings are like really beefy arms, <laughs> so it's like six legs. It's cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Again, all of the monster designs in the Monster Hunter are really cool. Yeah, saying that the Monster Hunter monsters look cool is kind of a redundant statement, uh, right? Um, so no, uh, this is the Gormagala, um, and he's cool, and he's a like going from the Rathalos. Like these people, well, you know, um, the three of the, the the movie continues. The three of these hunters quote-unquote, run at it and prepare, prepare to attack, oh, and oops, it was sequel date. Yeah, and they're using different weapons except for uh, Ron Perlman, who's still using the not-quite-a-switch-axe. Yeah, yeah, this is where we get the hunter has the the insect, insect, the insect glaive, and he, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, cool. He even does the, does the launch with it. Yeah. It, which it, is pretty cool. Yeah, that's the, the only time you see a move from the game in the movie. Right. I wish there was more of that. Yeah. But, um, but no, this is sequel date, and <laughs> I have the note. Now that I've played and fought against the Gormagala, 
they struggled and nearly lost against the Rathalos. Yeah. The Gormagala is going to fuck their shit up. <laughs> this thing is... The Rathalos is one of the harder monsters in the, like, mid-game. Right. Gormagala is an elder dragon. Yeah. Gormagala yeah. is an end-game fucking boss. <laughs> so, good luck. Yeah. Um, so then we get the credits. Um, but, oh, wait, there's a mid-credits stinger. Where a hooded figure watches the three of them fight the Megala. And then the Meowskular Chef jumps up with a weapon that I'm not familiar with. I don't know what this weapon is. No, he's it's just like got like an electric a, sword. Or like a, a sun dag, baton. Like a <laughs> short sword or a, uh, a uh, I thought it was like more like a butcher's knife. Yeah. Almost like a big butcher's knife. And then, yeah, it's electrified. Because, oh, we remembered other elements exist. Yeah. And, and he rushes in and then. And the Meowskular Chef does not fight in the games. No, he doesn't. He doesn't leave camp. No. Um, and that's the movie. Uh-huh. That's where it ends, because I guess now Jovovich is a skilled actual hunter, and these hunters are skilled hunters, even though they just got their asses kicked, and the masculine shaft is there. And there's some, they're being watched by a fucking ring wraith, and... Yeah. This movie fucking sucks. I it's not it. good, I, man. I, I'm sorry. It's a bad time. But, um, uh, so yeah, that was that. Um, any other thoughts, any other comments you want to make, Chris? No, I, this was a not a fun watch. I kind of like I, I checked out like towards the end, and I'm just like I am ready for this to be over. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and count on over to our crunch. Okay. It's monster fighting time again. Not gonna let the monster win. We're gonna make that monster hurt like never before. It's monster fighting time right now. We're gonna beat this monster down. We're gonna make this monster wish it had never been born. Whoa. Oh, what's that I see? It's a bumblebee. So welcome back to the crunch. Um, so I crunched up a Rathalos because of course I did. Um and uh, I named this guy simply Wrath of the Sky. Okay. In the game, he's known as King of the Sky, uh, the Fire Wyvern, and Rathalos literally sounds like Rathalot. That's how they mm -hmm. got the name. So I um, figured Wrath of the Sky was pretty uh, apt. Okay. Uh, he's a gargantuan monstrosity. That's big. Mm -hmm. And he's a monstrosity, not a beast, because he's a monster. <laughs> and there okay. is a distinction in the games. So, uh, And he is unaligned. Um, I put him at a challenge rating 20 and slightly based him off of the red dragon, the ancient red dragon. Okay. Uh, because that seemed to make sense to me. Yeah. Um, so he's a little bit like his, his attributes and stuff are a little bit toned down from the ancient red dragon, which is a challenge rating 24, but well, I did some different things here. So his AC is 19. He's got natural armor, um, hit point pool of 419. Um, a fly speed or a, a walking speed of 30 feet and a fly speed of 60 feet. Okay. Uh, it gave him a 25 in strength and 18 in dexterity at 24 in constitution. Um, he's not particularly smart because he is an animal, uh, six in intelligence, uh, six in charisma, same reason. And then a 12 in wisdom. Okay. His, I gave him proficiencies in the strength, dexterity and wisdom saving throws. Um, and... Uh, he's got damage resistances to bludgeoning, piercing, slashing from non-magical attacks. 
Uh, damage vulnerabilities to lightning, because in the games, that's one of Rathalos' weaknesses. Right. His, he's weak to lightning and um, dragon. And since there's no dragon element in D&D, yeah. just left it at lightning. Uh, and he's straight up immune to fire, again, just like in the game. Uh, fire damage, don't do nothing to him. He's got a passive perception of 14, doesn't speak any languages, and has a proficiency bonus of plus 6. Um, so, for his traits, I really wanted to do something that kind of paid homage to the source material, to the game, right. not the movie. So, I gave him a trait called Targeted Parts. The Wrath of the Sky's body parts can be targeted separately. <laughs> uh, targetable parts include the head, each wing, and the tail. And each time a creature targets one of these parts with an attack, the Wrath of the Sky gains plus one AC against that attack. Okay. Um, if the attack hits and deals at least 25 damage of the specified type, that body part breaks and the Wrath of the Sky suffers a drawback for it being broken. Each part can only be broken once. So his head, if you deal 25 bludgeoning damage to it in one hit, the Wrath of the Sky's AC decreases by one and until it finishes a long rest, and it must immediately succeed on a DC 20's constitution saving throw or be stunned for one round. Okay. You knock him up. Um, each wing can be done separately, um, and the for those, it's slashing or piercing damage. Uh, I included piercing mostly because I just wanted to have piercing in here somewhere. Um, but, uh, the, the slashing or piercing damage, 25 damage, the Wrath of the Sky's fly speed is reduced by one half and each wing can be broken separately. The, the effect applies both times. So if one wing breaks, then his speed drop, his flying speed drops to 30 feet. Okay. If the other wing breaks, his flying speed drops to 15 feet. Okay. okay. So, uh, because again, in the games, when you break their wings, it doesn't stop them from flying. It just right. hinders them a bit. Although actually, technically in the games, it doesn't even do that. But, um, I decided to do Include that. And then his tail uh, requires slashing damage. And if you do the 25 against it, the Wrath of the Sky's tail is severed from its body and it cannot use its tail attack. Pretty simple. All right. Uh, then he does have legendary resistances uh, mm -hmm. three times a day. So you're going to want to burn through those before you try to break that head. Because otherwise he's not going to get stunned. Right. And then I... Um, I almost included the caveat that when you break his head, he can't use his legendary resistance against that. But I decided that, nah, screw it. I'll just let him have it. Uh, for his actions, he's got the multi-attack. The Wrath of the Sky uses its battle roar and then attacks four times. Once with its bite, twice with its claws, and once with its tail. So the battle roar, which is, uh, again, trying to pay homage to the game, uh, because Rathalos is a loud boy in he the is. games. Um, this is an, an ability that only recharges on a six, because it's kind of bananas. Um, the Wrath of the Sky lets loose with a roar that shakes the earth and vibrates the bones of its foes. Every creature within 30 feet of the Wrath of the Sky must succeed on a DC 19 constitution saving throw or be stunned for one round. Ooh, yikes. That's rough. That's some rough shit. That is really, really rough. That's why it's only on a recharge of six. I almost had it to where, like, you could only be affected by that once, and that might be the safer way to go about it. Mm -hmm. But, I, again, I was thinking more in terms of just try trying to emulate the game a little bit. Right. And in the game, he doesn't stop roaring. No. So. Um, then we've got his bite. Uh, pretty simple melee weapon attack, plus 13 to hit. Deals an average of 18 piercing damage. His claws is a plus 13 to hit. Um, reach of five feet deals an average of 14 slashing damage, but then the target must succeed on a DC 19 constitution saving throw. Um, and they take 
10 poison damage on a failed on a failure and become poisoned for one minute uh or half as much poison damage and not being poisoned on a success uh the target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each if it, at the end of each of its turns um ending the effect on a success doesn't come up in the movie at all but the the rathalos does have poisonous claws right some in the yeah, games that's true uh, and then his tail attack, it's a plus 13 to heat, hit, plus 13 to hit, reach of 10 feet, uh, and it does an average of 25 bludgeoning damage. Okay. Pretty simple, but it is his hardest hitting attack. Yeah. And if you sever his tail, he loses access to this. Then he's got the fireball barrage. This is a recharge of five or six. So you do have two different recharge rolls to make with this guy. Um, but, I mean, that shouldn't be too difficult, especially compared to some of the other stuff that I'm making DMs do with some of our other stat blocks. Right. But the Wrath of the Sky fires three fireballs at up to three targets within 60 feet. So he actually does, he basically casts fireball three times. Um, ah. Each fireball explodes on impact in a 10-foot radius, and all creatures within each blast must make a DC 19 dexterity saving throw, taking uh, 12d6, which is an average of 42 fire damage on a failure, or half as much on a success. Matt, that sucks. Mm -hmm. And then he's got legendary actions. Of course um, he does. He's got fly, which is, you can just move up to his flying speed. Okay. Uh, then he's got Ground Smash. Well, I was trying to picture some of the moves that he does in mm -hmm. the game, and this is somewhat inspired by one of the things he does in the game, where he, uh, basically, if he's in the air already, he moves up to half his movement and slams into the ground before spinning around to club with his tail, uh, making a claw attack and then a tail attack. Okay. So, pretty simple. He just, he claws as he hits the ground, and then he spins trying to hit somebody. And then finally, he's got the Stream of Fire action. Where this one requires two actions, where he moves up to half his fly speed and unleashes a torrent of fire in a line that is 60 feet long and 5 feet wide directly to the ground beneath his flight path. So he just flies over you and just carpets the ground with yeah. fire. All creatures within that area must make a DC 19 dexterity saving throw or take 21 fire damage on a failure or half as much as on a success. So a little bit less of a... It, half as much. Yeah, it's it's a little bit less of a... Yeah, half as much damage as the fireball barrage. But this one he can do pretty much every round regardless. Right. So I figured that kind of balanced out. So um, That's a pretty rough customer. Yeah, gave him some pretty good attacks. Um, the math checked out as far as the, what the DM's guide says he should be able to do at, at a challenge rating 20. Um, and then I think that, well, I pushed it a little bit further, but because of the, the breaking of the parts thing, like that'll hinder him pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, I figured that that would, I hope balance it out, but, uh, but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my wrath of the sky, the Rathalos. What do you think? Pretty cool. That's neat. Sweet. Um, and with that, I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Yep. Uh, Chris, what are we doing next time? Uh, well, we're watching another monster movie in that we are watching a monster in paris all right i'm not familiar with that one either so i'm not familiar with any of the ones you choose let's be You're honest usually not no no i'm pretty i'm, I'm under a rock all the time but cool uh mm -hmm. well, so that one's in two weeks um yep. ideally <laughs> assuming nothing goes wrong <laughs> something's going to go wrong oh, something sure. has gone wrong every single time but, uh, hey, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate this a lot. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, uh, best way you can help us is by telling a friend. Uh, if you hated the podcast, then you know recommend it to an enemy. Um, 
But if you really liked it and want to support us even more, uh, do consider jumping onto our Patreon. Um, five bucks a month will get you just a huge backlog of content, including other dragon nonsense, uh, dinosaurs, John Voight's trucks. Uh, <laughs> like, gosh, we've got so much. There's there. so much bullshit there. There's a lot of bullshit there, and then yeah. of course that's that's also where a lot of the player, um, more more of the player yeah. options come from. Magic items, subclasses, lineages, lineages, all sorts um, of fun stuff. Yeah, there's tons. Feats, optional rules for conditions. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> but we got a ton of stuff there. So just uh, five bucks a month, or even just five bucks for a month, will give you all of that. Um, if you can't swing that, I understand. Get it. Um, you can still support us for a dollar a month. That's the fur buddy level. Uh, just using as a tip jar for now. Uh, per- perhaps something will be included mm-hmm. in that later in the future. Who knows? But um, with that, uh, I guess we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you very much. Bye.